finally, Kansas City fans get to have some positive sports news. It's been a long winter, and there's not a lot been going on sports-wise in Kansas City. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am a podcaster who's been doing baseball podcasting for well over a decade now, and we are getting into my sixth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Where has the time gone? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of 5 bucks or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Yes, finally, Kansas City sports fans have been starved for any any of their teams to provide them with entertainment this long winter. And, of course, it's always up to the Royals, their most high-profile team, to get them off the schneid. But – I am not going to be the only person to talk about the big news from Kansas City. I am bringing in Kansas City sports extraordinaire. He is the host of the Lockdown Royals returning to the show. Jack Johnson, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Sully. Uh, before we get into everything, we're going to answer the trivia question. The last show we had, by the way, sorry we didn't get a show up on Monday, but we will have five new episodes. We're back to doing five a week. I think I've been doing that all winter anyway. But uh, Clayton Fletcher was our guest on the last show when we talked about the Orioles. And I asked the trivia question, who was the only, what was the only time the Orioles clinched either the ALCS or the World Series and didn't have a complete game victory in the clinching game? And the answer, and Courtstell got it right, the answer was Tippy Martinez clinching the 1983 ALCS against the Chicago White Sox. Every other time, whether it's the World Series or the ALCS, that they've won, it's always been a complete game victory. Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mike Cuellar, Scott McGregor. And we're going to do a trivia question about complete games in the postseason at the end of this show. But it's funny. I got I was at work today, and I got a message on my – I got an alert saying that uh, Bobby Witt Jr., the – by the way, I don't know if you know this, a little known fact, he is the son of Bobby Witt, is uh, signing a long-term deal with KC, which is essentially designed to buy out his entire prime. And immediately I contacted Jack Johnson and I said, hey, we got to do a show. We got to do a show. And you said, yeah, I will later because there's a lot of stuff going on with the Chiefs. And I swear to God, I am so baseball centric. I thought, well, what's going on with the Chiefs? And I thought, oh, yeah, they're in the Super Bowl, and the biggest star in the world is hanging on their every move. And I'm thinking Bobby Witt Jr. That's how I'm wired. 
Um, but Jack Johnson, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor. Tell me about the length of the deal, how long this has been brewing, and as a as a diehard Royals fan, with who's that behind you? Is that Eric Cosmer? Who's that? Who's that? Uh, that's Alex Gordon. Yeah, that was oh, the game Alex home 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 run against New York. Oh, the game tying home run. There you go. Um, by the way, the only World Series game I ever attended was a Kansas City Royal victory. There you uh, go. Game three <laughs> of the 2014 World Series in San Francisco with my dad. But I digress. I'm giving you the floor because you're Mr. Royal. Mm -hmm. All due respect to George Brett and Frank White. You are Mr. Royal. So tell me a little bit about what this means, what the length was, the reaction to it, and and the chain reaction that, that's going to happen with this with this amazing signing. Yeah, I mean, this this is something that Royals fans have wanted for a long time now. Um, because you go over the course of their franchise's existence, there haven't been many superstars, right? You look at George Brett. Um, in the early 2000s, there was Carlos Beltran, but even he wasn't there for an extended period. And then Bobby Wood Jr. has kind of been this emerging star. And, and even with the, you know, the 2014 and 15 Royals teams, they had a lot of great players, but mm -hmm. there wasn't really a superstar. I mean, if you want to call Lorenzo Kane a superstar, be my guess. But uh, Bobby Wood Jr.'s separated himself right now as a guy that down the road could win some MVP awards. And there were certainly people in Kansas City going, you know, based off the, the past history, there's no way they're going to get this deal done. Uh, they're going to have to trade him. You know, you might as well trade him because you're never going to be able to pay him. And John Sherman, uh, the owner for the Royals, has gotten a lot of heat um, since taking over of just not being as aggressive, not spending a lot of money. Although this offseason, they've had one of the most aggressive offseasons, getting Michael Walker, getting Seth Lugo, getting Renfro, getting Will Smith, Chris Stratton. Um, Adam Frazier most recently. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us went, okay, that that's good enough for us. I mean, you you added a ton in payroll there. I think they're like at 110, 115 million. And that Bobby Wood Jr. contract hopefully just comes about at some point. I, however, was under the impression that it was going to be like a six or seven year deal, maybe an eight year deal, just because I thought Bobby Wood Jr. would want to hit free agency at 30 or 31. And then he's going to have a ton of suitors coming to him. And giving him money that simply the Royals couldn't give him. Now, and, let me just step in warm for one second. No. I'll, I'll, I'll give you back the floor there. But if he had signed a five, six, seven-year deal, I still think that would be phenomenal for the oh, Royals. Yeah. Because you're still getting – I mean, you're saying he could be an MVP candidate. Well, he finished in the top ten last year. Mm -hmm. yep. And the presumptive annual MVP is – still has Los Angeles written on his checks, but he switched from the American league to the national league. And I, I mean, he's going, he is, he is already an elite player. And if it was a five or six year deal, he said, okay, we're going to get the majority of his prime. I would, I would be thrilled as a Royals fan there, but I, I, I'm, uh, I'm yielding my time. Cause I need to know more about your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, this was, uh, I even went out and said, I think this was one of the biggest days in franchise history. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say non-World Series, you know, back in 85, Game 7 against the Cardinals, 2015 against the Mets, those stand alone. But in terms of a baseball move, this was massive for Royals fans today because for the first time ever, they gave huge money to a player that everybody wanted to give them huge money or wanted huge money to go to. I mean, he shattered the the franchise record by 200 million i mean it was break down the contract first break down the length and and the money work. yeah and by the way and, and by the way uh a, a lesson all markets can do this 
Yes. All markets can do this. When you have an exceptional talent, I'm not talking about like, not. there's not, there's only a handful of players who are as talented as Bobby Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. There are. So when you have one, don't do what the Angels did, which was not put a team around yeah. one of them. They had two of them. Don't put a team around them and then hope for the best when they hit free agency. Say, hey, we're going to have you stick around and we're going to put actual major leaguers around you. So so I, I think this is this is what you should do, not for every player, but for the exceptional players. So break down what your exceptional player is going to make while playing his entire prime with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, so the the guaranteed years is 11. He got 11 for 288.7 million. So right there you go, wow. I mean, you're talking double digit in years and it also can get up to 14 if he decides not to opt out. And I believe the first 2 years of the deal he's making not much. I think he makes 2 million against the payroll in 2024. Next year it's about 7 million I think it is. Then it's way more backloaded. I think in some of the opt out years around seven eight and nine okay when is the first when is the first opt-out year i believe it's year seven if i'm not mistaken still down the road great yeah and And, go ahead no 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 no. i was was just gonna say keep going yeah and when you look at uh, the year seven eight nine i believe at that point it's getting up to about 35 million Mm -hmm. so it kind of puts the ball in his court of Hey, if I'm in year seven, eight, or nine, I could be making 35 million a year, or I could test the market, right? But the Royals made it sure that, you know, it's not going to be an obvious opt out where it's like, I'm not making anything here, you know, seven, eight years into my deal. So this was something that really felt like uncharted territory for the Royals. I mean, I don't think anybody believed they were going to get a deal done like this, but you're exactly right, Soli. They've always had the capability of doing this. Every small market team can spend this money. And you'll just hear a lot of the smaller market teams cry poor. I mean, prior to today, there were three big league teams that hadn't given somebody a $100 million contract. The Royals, the A's, and the White Sox. So the Royals were looking at this and going, eventually, if he's going to stay here, we're going to have to break that. We're going to have to break that threshold. And and John Sherman, I was actually at Kauffman Stadium on Saturday, had the chance to you know meet with a couple of the players and J.J. Bacolo. And, and you know, that was actually brought up, was this contract extension. And John Sherman said something along the lines of, you know, we love Bobby. We want to keep him here and we're working hard to get that done. Then last night it gets reported nationally that the Royals have made progress on a deal and kind of without saying it publicly, I I was hinting at anytime you see smoke like that progress and, you know, you have the national reporter saying, you know, nothing's finalized, nothing's guaranteed. You're like, okay, something is going to be happening here over the next 24 hours because you don't just say that and they're not even close. So when this broke around noon by from Jeff Passan today, I was I was floored. Um, I still thought that we were going to go a couple more days, you know, maybe hearing more reports. But I will say kudos to John Sherman, J.J. Piccolo, because they were doubted by a lot of people here. There were a lot of people telling me they're just talking to him uh, to get butts in seats. Hey, we we're trying to keep him here, but he wants too much money. We're not going to give it to him. They were adamant from the beginning that they wanted their superstar to be here long term not just for some down years. And he was this guy that popped and kind of like Carlos Beltran back in the 2000s. Great player, transcendent player. Everybody remembers him here, but we also remember how bad those teams were. And eventually they had no choice but to trade him because they wouldn't pay him. Much different story now with Bobby Wood Jr. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what this means, not only for the Kansas City Royals, but for the strange American League Central. Hey, uh, Jack, I don't know if you know this, but this weekend there's going to be a football game going on involving the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you're if you're aware of that or not. Um, I, I think it's been a while since the Chiefs have been at all relevant, but I hear that they're actually playing in the Super Bowl. Now, if you're like me, and I know I am, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, including a football, and placing some super bets. And I like to go to America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel. FanDuel, you can make all sorts of bets on all sorts of elements of the game, parlays, scoring. You you won't believe all the combinations. And just because there's only one game going on, don't think there's only one bet that you can place. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or a 2 or a 3. There may be even 49 versions to get a W. I was trying to create something with the 49ers. So not only can you bet who can win Super Bowl 58 and Super Bowl 57 if you want to play one of those bets. But FanDuel has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Quick reminder that LockedOn has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. LockedOn Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of LockedOn, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to LockedOn Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hey, uh, I'm going to reset it anyway. The Jack Johnson's here, Mr. Kansas City Sports. Um, I wasn't sure if you knew about the Super Bowl going on or not. I, I think KC is in it. Um, when, was, when was the last time they were even in a Super Bowl? Last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it had been a while since the previous one before that, right? They had had – so they hadn't been to one to 50, in 50 years, but in 2020 they got to one, and this is their fourth Super Bowl in six years. That's good. Yeah, some would say. That's good. Okay, well, I, I admire that. Um, I, I have to say, I don't, I don't have a, I was so low a rooting interest in this. I did forget the chiefs were in the Super Bowl when I saw the Royals news, but I will say that, um, I will be, uh, I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers just because I lived in the Bay area for so long. And yeah. I have so many friends who's that's their team. Um, and, uh, you know, and then for KC fans, I know they want to, but, and, and and they're 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 long suffering because it's been months since they've seen a Super Bowl champion. So, you know, we got to move on there. But speaking of moving on, the American League Central is a very strange division. The Twins won the division last year and lost a couple of their best starting pitchers in the offseason. The White Sox are a mess right now. The Tigers are have talent. But they lost Eduardo Rodriguez, and they they played better the second half. They're not a bad team, but I I don't know. They're not a. They're certainly not a surefire contender. 
The Cleveland Guardians are a team that you know they're going to pitch well. They always pitch well. And they do have a good, they, you know, they'll probably squeeze a win here or there, but they no longer have Francona at the helm. So it's a new, it's a new page to be turned there. There's no surefire winner in this AL Central. And I think the fact that they've kept their superstar and are surrounding him with major league talent instead of it being the Bobby Witt show with Salvador Perez and a bunch of people you never heard of. I mean, I'm not going to say the Royals are going to be contenders this year, but I've seen stranger things happen. Like last year, two teams were in the World Series that two years prior were 100 lost teams. Well, what what do you think? Well, I was kind of getting uh, uh, cutting back and out or cutting out a little bit there with my connection on this end. But I think I, I got the gist of what you were saying there about this American League Central. Um, this has been a huge message this offseason that the front office has tried to send to a lot of its fans. And the players, they're they're tired of losing and they're tired of hearing about Minnesota and Detroit and Cleveland being those top contending teams. The White Sox for a few years as well, because all of those teams have kind of rotated around the top half of the Central. Except for the Royals. The Royals have always been at the bottom of the basement, you know, post-World Series or post-2017, and they're usually out of it by April. Uh, the good thing, though, going into this year is you're exactly right, Soli, that it's so wide open. Um, you know, Minnesota is the favorite, should be the favorite. Yes. But it comes down to how much do you believe in Minnesota running it back? You know, because there's been years that they've made the postseason and then they get banged up and hurt and they bottom out and they lose 90 games, you know. That can happen to anybody in this division, but the margin of error is so much smaller with these teams. Whereas I think, you know, you look at the American League East, loaded, stacked. The NL West, loaded, stacked. They can lose a few guys and they can compete. But you don't have to worry about them. Exactly. You don't have the fact that they've lost the, 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 you know, Minnesota lost Gray. They've lost some of the key Mm -hmm. members of that rotation. So that was one of the key things that helped them succeed yeah they're still they still have some talent on that team but they lost some key players the white Sox put two sticks of dynamite and blow them up um and you you know again the tigers and cleveland are you know they have talent but they're both sub 500 teams this is the most optimistic i've been for a team coming off a 106 loss season that kansas city had last year uh that you know, again, if they improve by 20 games, there's still a 76. There's still, you know, there'll be 76 and 86. You know, it's we're not talking about them, you know, a, a, a 20 game swing and they're still sub 500. But you, you can't help but look and say 84 wins might win this division. Yeah, I mean, I think the target uh, for this team, if if we want to be a little bit realistic, I think it's around that you know eighty four to eighty eight threshold. You you win eighty four to eighty eight games, you are absolutely fighting for a division title um, at the final parts of the season and, and the final weeks of the season. And I think for a lot of Royals fans, you know, that is of course the dream scenario. You know, they go from one hundred and six losses to winning this division and having postseason baseball come back to Kansas City. But a lot of people I've talked to just want it to be entertaining and competitive from mm-hmm. April to September. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that go, it's postseason or bust now. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm buying all the tickets. I'm it's crazy. For, 
that's and great. that's that's fun to think about, right? That's it's very fun to have that optimism and that enthusiasm. But me, who's followed this team my entire life, I've been to hundreds of games at Kauffman Stadium. It's no fun for every anybody when you're three and sixteen in the first couple weeks in April, because yeah. there's no way you're turning that around. You can preach marathon; it's a marathon, not a sprint. You don't crawl out of three and sixteen holes, okay? When you are that bad that early. It ain't going to get that much better for you. There's been a few times even teams have pulled themselves out of like a 2-10 and 10 start. So for mm-hmm. Kansas City, you know, back in 2021, they had the best record in baseball uh, through April. They were 16-9, and nine, then bottomed out. You know, never really materialized into much. This team, it's very important they stay competitive in April because they face, they have four series against playoff teams from last year. It's going to be a tough test, but also I think a really good one early on to show that, hey, if they can get through that stretch in April and fight into May, then you enter June, still in that division title race. That's when I think the comfort sets in a little bit. The momentum sets in a little bit. And depending where the Royals are at, I mean, if they can get to the All-Star break five to seven games out of first place, I think that should be the goal. Because you also know with the Central, anybody can collapse at any given time. You know, a seven-game lead is not the same in these other divisions. You know, Minnesota could have a seven-game lead, and you look up two weeks later, and it's a three-game lead. Uh, So that, to me, is so important with this team, being so aggressive in the offseason, wanting to reestablish the rotation, revamp the bullpen a little bit, add a bat here and there. They want to compete for this thing. Like, don't get that twisted from, you know, uh, just a couple of these moves. Like, J.J. Bacol and John Sherman, they want to win this division. That's been the goal of this Mm offseason, of making these moves. Is it enough? Well, we sure as hell are going to find out. We're going to find out, and we're also going to see that the effect of having a bunch of veterans who were not part of this team last year, the mm-hmm. Fams and the Frasers, who, I mean, the, the thing that we learned from, and I keep bringing this up, fans of the show will know I always bring this up, we learned the lesson from the Jorge Soler-Rosario signings by Atlanta in 2021, you know, just put major leaguers on your team and good things will happen. Mm-hmm. That was a team that had a losing record at the trade deadline, went on to win the World Series. But you also see each of the last bunch of years, you've seen teams absolutely fall apart. When, you know, a few years ago, the White Sox were contending right up until September. And the Twins looked like they were going to win. I think they were tied for first or at least one game out of first on Labor Day. And they finished the season with a losing record. I mean, we can see when you have teams that are so fragilely built, just stick around. Just stick around. And you're right. What we saw with the Royals in 2013 was they put together a team that was actually fun and competitive. They didn't win the division that year. That was still Detroit's division. But that year of being like, hey, wait a minute, this wasn't a waste of time, led directly to the pennant-winning team in 2014, and the World Series champion, and that team that won the World Series in 2015 was not a got in by the back door. That was the best team in the American League, and it was filled with really terrific players. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. is a really terrific player who signed a long-term deal. When we come back for our final segment, we'll think about who else is going to follow in his footsteps. Last reminder about Locked on Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7. It's a streaming channel on YouTube covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked on Plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
Hey, um, Jack, I was thinking about this because I was looking at some of the really terrific young players, and you're seeing that teams are signing some of their great young players to long-term deals to uh, to avoid what happened with the Angels and Otani. We saw that Julio Rodriguez has signed a deal through 2034 and opt out at 2030. We've seen Acuna sign a long-term deal. Even Andres Jimenez in Cleveland signed a long-term deal. Wow. These, these teams are saying, hey, let's, you know, we can't compete with them in free agency. So let's meet them, say, you're going to, we're going to pay, you're going to be a millionaire before you normally would. And so you're, you're, you're going to get your money. Yeah. And we're going to buy out your prime, but we're going to start paying you beforehand. And I think that's a good faith bargaining. I mean, and and it's a way of saying, we want to build a team around you. And, you know, some, you know, not everyone is going to work. Not everyone of these long-term things are going to work. You know, the Warner Franco thing isn't going to work, but it had nothing to do with his ability or they got to do with the fact that he turned out to be a horrible human being. But for the Acunas and the Rodriguez and the Wits, I think this is the way that these teams can keep it and not send them off to free agency. Um, who do you think? And, and of course, the the other big one was, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson, uh, um, was it from, from Milwaukee? Uh, their big project. Oh, yeah, Jackson, yeah. Um, Jackson Chorios, Chorios? Chorios, yeah, I think it was Chorios. Chorios, yeah. yes. And basically saying, hey, stick around. You're here for a while. We want yeah. you here. Uh, and that shows that shows good faith bargaining for the player. Uh, I'm going to throw out a couple of names here. Um, you got Vladdy Jr. You got Adley Rutschman. You got Gunnar Henderson. You got Kyle Tucker. Like, who do you think is going to be the next? I mean, Tucker may not be thrown in there, but I, I'm surprised he's not wrapped up to a long-term deal. But which one of those next, those other ones you think are going to be the next to be locked up? God, I would say that, you know, the two guys in the middle right there. I mean, every day that Baltimore doesn't give Rutschman or Henderson or Jackson Holiday a long-term deal, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. Now, they also had a sale of the team, so maybe things can change a little bit. You know, I, I'm sure there wasn't a ton of influence, but it's not really that much of a surprise that they sold the team, and then a day or two later, they go out there and get Corbin Burns. It was like this mentality change of, now we got to go. Now, I'm sure – those that was in the works, you know, before the, the sale of the team. I don't, I don't, you don't. I, well, no, I, I, I do think they're completely connected. I think because I mean, if you talk to every Oriole fan that I know, there's a certain, I mean, even the 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 ownership was almost saying, Hey, uh, come out and see Gunnar Henderson out of the rush while you can. Yeah, they yeah. were. You know, there, it was a foregone conclusion that Adley Rutschman was going to be a, a, a San Francisco giant legend or Gunnar Henderson was going to be beloved by Cardinal fans for all time, or one of them was going to sign with the Cubs. And now with the new ownership and, and limit, you know, just this, this Scrooge McDuck payroll that they could have. Um, I think that's going to be the, I, that's going to be the message sent to those fans to say, Hey, new ownership, these guys were, I think they're going to do exactly what Kansas City did with Bobby Witt Jr. Mm-hmm. And that is say, we their prime is going to be with us. You can you can buy like think about what you could do with Kauffman Stadium with Bobby Witt Jr. You can look at him and not go because remember people understand at one point in the early two thousands the Royals outfield was Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Die, and Johnny Damon. Mm-hmm. That was their outfield. That is a superstar outfield, and they couldn't put a five hundred team on the field. Save for that one fluke year with Tony Pena as the manager. Yeah. 
And that was only because they beat the snot out of a Tiger team that I think lost 161 it games. Was up, I think it was 116. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, they weren't good. No. But now, if you're a Kansas City fan, you could buy that Bobby Witt Jr. You know, jersey and not worry about burning it in the parking lot anytime soon. But there's another – I wasn't even going to go down this route. Um, we got to wrap up in a second. But there's another factor there. The Royals want to build a new stadium. They want to – and they want to be able to put – now, I happen to love Kauffman Stadium. I've been to Kauffman Stadium. I love it. But I do know I, it's basically in Omaha. And that they want to have a downtown ballpark and all that other stuff, and that's great. Well, if it's tough to get people excited about a downtown ballpark for a team that's always selling off all their best players. I think this has as much to do with that as anything else, to get that sense of, hey, I'm excited about the Royals. Sure, I want to see them in a ballpark, as opposed to, sure, build a ballpark and then trade everyone to the Dodgers. Yeah, you're exactly right. That that was a big gripe um, that fans had on John Sherman is that he was, you know, preaching this new beautiful downtown stadium that costs a lot of money. And everybody was like, well, how about you worry about spending money on the team first? Then let's worry about a stadium that doesn't even exist at this point. Because everybody loves Kauffman Stadium. It's nostalgic. But we all know there's not a lot to do around there. The goal is, the hope would be, this team starts to become a winner. And then whenever this new stadium is built and they move into it, they're a winning team. It's not hard to fill seats anymore. Then the revenue starts coming in, and, and that's the financial part of it. Um, but this was, I think this offseason, very much not a coincidence that with the, the new downtown stadium going on the ballot this upcoming April, I think it is, to get approved, it's not that shocking that the Royals had one of their most aggressive and expensive offseasons they've had. Because you got to convince people that – it's worth voting for because if you just go out there and say our biggest acquisition was Jordan Lyles as it was last year, who's going to support a downtown stadium? Now, if you say we brought in two new expensive free agents for the rotation, added three guys to the bullpen, added a right fielder, added a couple utility guys, and oh, by the way, gave a $288 million contract to our superstar. Now, what do you think about the downtown stadium? So, not too much of a shock, in my opinion, that this was the offseason. They decided to really start ramping things up. Well, there you go. And look, we got to ramp this down here. Jack Johnson, where can they listen to your show? Uh, you can go check me out on wherever you download your podcast. Uh, we're also on YouTube trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so keep subscribing over there. Uh, but yeah, not hard to find us at all. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Odyssey, and we have a, a stream just like this one on YouTube. And let me just bring up today's trivia question. Don't you answer, Jack. We talked about complete game victories uh, in the, the question. Um, who was the last pitcher to throw a complete game victory in the World Series? To date, the last to date. Who was the last one? Don't you answer it. But who was the last pitcher to throw a complete game victory in the post in the World Series? As of right now, put that in, put that answer down here on YouTube or locked on MLB pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Finally, Kansas City gets some sports news. It's been a long time coming. That's Jack Johnson of Locked On Royals. I almost said Chiefs. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. I am the host of Locked On MLB. Please call me Sully.
You gotta shake it off. 